You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Good morning. Uh, We're at the end of the month, so this is the last one for me. It's been a good month. We've gone through a lot in looking at spiritual growth, and we're going to kind of wrap it all up this morning as we look at uh, commitment. Um, As we look at today's society and we look at how things go, uh, commitment seems to be almost a thing of the past. And we'll talk a lot about that this morning. Let's kind of in quick review. Um, as I said, we've been talking about spiritual growth. And the process is a long one. It's not something that just occurs, something that just doesn't happen. It's a long process. From the time that you become a believer in Christ to the point that we are with him, we're always constantly growing. Second Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Amen. And it comes back up. So last week, um, we spent a lot of time talking about the stages of our growth. It started out as a babe, as a little child. We took it to the young men, or young ladies as the case may be, and then finally to fathers, or in the case mothers as the case may be. And in each step, there's a little bit more that goes on. As we start off as little children, it's just the knowledge. It's knowing that we're saved. It's having that assurance that whatever happens, that we'll spend eternity with him. When we step to young men, we reviewed and talked about the fact that it's putting the word into practice. It's having victory. But it's still not having that last stage, which the father's has, which is the connection. It's the relationship. It's being in with favor with God. And that's where we all hope to be. And it doesn't matter. It's not based on age. It's not based on anything of of what we look at normally. It's based on your spiritual relationship. So as we start out this morning, as I was getting ready for this, I came across this little story or this little phrase, and I thought of Pastor Bruce. Um, You know, we miss him and his wife dearly. We wish they were here. But this would be something that he would bring. So bear with me here a minute. A chicken and a pig were walking down. You've heard this one, haven't you? I haven't. Oh. Oh, okay. A chicken and a pig were walking down the road together. They passed a sign for a local diner advertising its breakfast special. Ham and eggs, $2.95. The chicken said, that's our whole contribution to society, breakfast food. The pig replied, well, for you, it may be a contribution. For me, it's a total commitment. You know, so just got it. Thank you, Michael. With that, let's open up in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning and, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for all that you've done in our lives and how you've made this place possible. Father, we pray that you be with the other teachers this morning. Father, I pray that you use me as, as your vessel, Lord, and allow this to be used of, uh, of you, Lord. And I thank you in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. So it's interesting, you know, commitment. It's a total commitment. And 
if you haven't, if you follow the, the Facebook post for Fellowship Baptist, we just celebrated our 24th anniversary. That took commitment. I mean, being here at the beginning, there were a lot of struggles. There were times when it would have been very, very easy, easy for us to go, you know, this isn't going to work. You know, we were bouncing from place to place. Um, tenants was up, tenants was down. Uh, pastor was still coming through all of what he had to come through. It would have been very, very easy at any time for everyone to just go, you know what, this is ridiculous. This isn't worth our time. We could have just thrown up our hands and went, let's go somewhere else. But we had a commitment. We had a belief that this is what God wanted to take place. We believed that God had a lot intended for this group of believers. And look around. Look, look what God has provided for us. I mean, and even look at, at, your, at yourselves. I mean, look how God has brought you here. All because of our commitment to what the Lord wanted to do. And it's so easy in today's society, and I mentioned it earlier, that it's easy to give up. You know, um, I was talking with uh, one of my coworkers, and they've already gone, in their, in their mid-40s, and they've already gone through six different companies. I mean, it's easy to jump, to jump, to jump, because, well, it's not what I wanted, or I didn't like this. You know, when I grew up and when I was raised, it was luck. You make a commitment someplace. And when I had my first job, I would have thought for sure I was going to retire from there. You know, but the Lord had other plans and the Lord had other directions. So the Lord closed doors and opened other ones. But that was all because that was what he wanted to do. It wasn't because I was just wishy-washing, well, you know, I didn't get my promotion this year. And, you know, I've only been here two years and I'm not a senior vice president yet. So I'm leaving, you know. And that's... The mindset today. It's not about commitment. It's not about sticking it out. It's about what's there. Um, as I mentioned, you know, a lot of what I, when I reference things, when I teach, goes back to things that I know, and a lot of it's athletics. And, you know, you get your kids involved early on in sports or whatever, and all of a sudden, you know, it becomes too hard, or I don't get to play as much, you know, and so well, I'm just going to quit. Well, again, you know, a personal story when I was a freshman in college and I was on the wrestling team. I was a walk-on. I had four guys around me that were either All-Americans or upperclassmen. And I used to go to practice and just get it beat out of me. I could tell you every dot in the ceiling because, you know, i just get hammered. And I can remember calling my dad in January and going, Dad, I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. And he said, look. You committed to the program. Stick through the year and then make a decision after, after the program, or after the year. And I did. And as I got ready to think about what I was going to do, and I thought, well, I'd wait to the end, of the end of the school year before I told the coach, he had some new recruits come in. And he asked me to come in and, and wrestle with them. And I was like, you know, these guys were all state champions or highly touted recruits. He goes, I just want to see what they're like. You go ahead and wrestle with them. So I did. Well, lo and behold, I was, they were seeing the, 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 uh, the ceiling from a different point of view. And I said to the coach, well, these kids aren't very good. He goes, no, Phil, you don't realize you've gotten better because you stuck it out 
you've gotten better from where you were. You needed to see this to see just how you've, how you've improved. And then I suck it out through the rest of that. You know, there's an old saying that says, you know, when it gets tough, the tough keep going. However, today, they just quit. Because we've just set that, we've set that up as a society. You know, and the same thing with our Christian walk. Our Christian walk isn't easy. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, there are times in our lives where we're going to have trials, we're going to have tribulations. And it's very, very easy for us to go, you know what, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, this is not what I thought it was going to be. I'm going to go back to my old lifestyle. Well, you can, but you'll be miserable. You know, the pastor said this time and time again, there's nothing more miserable than a Christian not walking in fellowship with God. You know, it's easy today to just give up, to just quit, you know, because we think that that's all right. But that's not what God wants us to do, and we'll talk about that as we go. Let's turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. I'm going to start off in, excuse me, in verse 60. It said, Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth the flesh, profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But they are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore say un, said unto you, that no man can come unto me except if it were given unto him of my father. For that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. That, when, that said, Jesus unto the twelve, will ye also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast said the words of eternal life. And we believed and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. You know, we often forget that there was a point in time when there were many, many people that would follow Christ. That those that were there to see the miracles that he would perform, to hear the words that he spoke. And we would think that that would not be a problem. But yet there were those that didn't believe. There were those that would go, oh, this is going to be tough. This is going to be hard. The Bible doesn't indicate how many that were there, but at the end there were only 12. Are you one of those 12? You know, do you walk through your life looking to go, well, this is too hard, I'm just going to go back, walk away? Where's the commitment in our lives? You know, commitment can be defined as its inward strength to withstand stress to accomplish God's best. You know, it's that intestinal fortitude. It's guts, as we used to call it. It's that to know when things get tough, you know, we're going to get through this. And as we mentioned, it's not because of anything that we do, but it's the spirit that dwells within us that gives us the power and the strength to get through it. You know, often we go through those times and trials and we think we're alone. You know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. God is with us. He's there to help us through. We just have to continue on with that commitment that we're going to be there. 
you know, it's, it's again, back to an athlete, one that's, that's doing the extra work, that's trying to get there, trying to improve. Often when they work by themselves, it's tough because they don't have that, that person to help pick them up and get them through. You know, and that's where we as believers, as those as fathers, as we talked about last week, need to be there to help through, to help out, to encourage, so that when things get tough, somebody doesn't fall on their commitment. You know, it's proposing to accomplish God's goal and God's time, regardless of the opposition. You know, pastors mention this time and time again, that we're always under warfare. We're always under attack. That when we start doing things for the Lord, it's not going to be easy. That there is going to be opposition that comes our way. It's important that when that opposition comes that we stand and bear through it. You know, as a fighting group, um, you know, if there's a break in the line, if there's somebody that opens up, there's a place for the opposition to break through. That's why the commitment that we make as believers is to stay steadfast, stay the course. Galatians 6, 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You know, there's a reward at the end. It will only be of time that we'll see that. Some are closer to that time of reward than others. But none of us know that time. But to know that there is an end in sight. There is a goal at the end of the, you know, the, there's a bag of gold at the end of the rainbow. You know, um, if we endure, we have to keep that in front of us. Again, what are we focusing on? If our focus is on the Lord, then we can get through this. It's when we start looking off the other ways to go, oh, look at how things are so bad for me, is when all of a sudden we'll fall off there. Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. The Bible goes through time and time again talking about the struggles, talking about those times when things are going to be tough for us. We need to maintain our commitment to the Lord. 2 Timothy 4, 7-8, I have fought a good, the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. You know, it's again, there is a goal. There is a thing in sight. You know, just as we look at athletes as they're now into March Madness and as they go through game by game, you know, they're, they're focusing on that next game but they're also looking ahead. You know, they're looking at the national championship because that's what drives them to want to be there. Um, it's, it's, the same thing in sport. it's the same thing in other sports. It's the same thing in, in your job. You know, if, it's just, if you're just going through the motions to do what you need to do, then it's, you're going to be miserable. It's having that focus. It's having that commitment. It's knowing no matter what happens, there's a goal there. And the Lord will help you through it. It's maintaining that commitment to the goal during times of pressure. As I said, there are times when things seem easy, but hold on, it's going to get rough. 
again, this is something that you've heard time and time again from that pulpit. You know, you're either coming out of or getting ready to get in, or you're in it or you're getting, or getting ready to get into it to a trial. You know, and that's the same thing there. But it's our commitment to the Lord that gets us there. It's our commitment to know that, you know, things are good now, but it's coming. It's to know that I'm in the midst of one and I got to get through it with the Lord's help. And that I've come out of it and thank God he brought me through that. Hebrews 12.1 Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience in the race that is set before us. It's realizing that my present struggles are essential for future achievement. You know, when we go through struggles, when we go through those trials and tribulations, it's to understand that those, again, are polishing us. That those are how God uses those events to make us better. And again, we have two choices. We can either just give up and not allow the Lord to use whatever situation we're in to make us better, or we're going to commit to allow him to make us better. And it's so hard for us sometimes to keep that focus in mind. Because again, if we take our eyes off what the Lord is, we see the pressures that occur, and it's easy for us to give up. You know, it's calling on the strength of the Lord when you think you can no longer deal with present circumstances. You know, we've talked about this through this month, is that we can't do it of ourselves. If we think we can then you're a fool. There's no way that you have the ability. There's no way that you have the strength in you to get you through on your own. You've got to be able to call upon the Lord, to reach out to the Holy Spirit that's dwelling in you and call upon that power. Because otherwise, you're going to crumble. It's that commitment. It's that time. And it's so hard. You know, it's like the runner, and we'll talk a little bit more about that here in the next couple minutes, that's running that marathon. You know, it's, I got to get there. I, I, I can't quit. It's easy to quit to go, oh, this 26 miles is nuts. Why anybody would run around 26 miles is, is crazy. Anyways, I have a, a good friend of mine that's a, a marathon runner, and every time he talks about running in one of these big marathons, I'm like, are you crazy? You know, 26 miles, just get in your car and go if you need to get there, you know. Well, it's for the exercise. I can get exercise doing something else without committing three or three and a half hours, or for me, probably longer, to make that run. But that's what he enjoys. But, you know, as he's trying to push himself to better his time, you know, he's got to push through that. Same thing with our Christian walk. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know, there are times when it seems like a sprint, but it's the long haul. You know, and it's when that time when it would be just very easy to go, I'm done. It's worthy of that commitment to get you through. Second Timothy 2.22 says, Flee also youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Again, being committed to the walk, being committed to your life as a believer, means that it's gonna, you're going to have to turn away from some things. You know, again, let's go back to the runner for a minute. You know, when he's in training, you know, it's not burgers and milkshakes. 
you know, although that would be my kind of training nowadays, you know, but when you're committed to, to excellence, there are things that you have to basically give up. And they're not easy. You know, it could be your family. It could be because of where God has in a direction that you have a family of unsaved that want to draw you away. For me, that was, that was kind of how I grew up. And I was saved at an early age, but my parents were not. And they would come, I would come home and I'd want to share the Lord with them and they'd go, look, if that's what you want to do on Sunday, that's fine, but don't bring it here. You know, and it was easy as a child to basically turn away from the Christian life because the world has a lot to offer and it looks to be fun. And it's easy to go, you know what? I'm going to quit that life because of what's going on at home, because I don't get that support at home, and just live like a, a normal non-believer. It wasn't until years later when I got married, and I've told you the story of Pansy deciding to go back to church and dragging me with her. You know, that was that help. That was that encouragement for me to end up living the life that I needed to live. It was that help me to get me there. And then to realize, oh, you know, this is what I should have done. All the years that I wasted, all the years that I could have been doing more things for God, maybe things would have turned out a little different. I don't know. But things are as they are. You can't have any regrets as to what God has brought up to you because there's, he's, everything's done for a purpose. And everything, that path that we end up even though we have choices, it's still God has a direction for the end. And we just need to follow that. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for the labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth, for he, he hath not another to help him up. That's the help me. You know, for me it was Pansy. She was the one that got me back on the straight and narrow. Since then, there are, have been other people that have come into my life that <clears throat> when I've struggled, when I've faltered, have helped pick me up. You know, and that's where we need to be part of that family, part of the understanding that you know, today's world wants us to be in solitude. They don't want us to have that network of people that we can count upon. You know, if you have a prayer request, you know, don't just go, well, you know what, I'll pray for it and I'll cover it. I don't want to bother anybody else. You know, that's what we're here for. That's part of the commitment that we make towards one another is we'll lift you up in prayer when things are bad. We'll be able to pray for you when things get there. We may not understand all the circumstances, nor do we want to hear all the circumstances, but we want to know that you're lifted up before the Lord. You know, the dictionary calls it, it's the ability to withstand hardship adversity or stress. It's to undergo without giving in. It's to remain firm. You know, that's what commitment's all about. It's understanding that things will get tough. Stay the course. That no matter what the stress is, no matter what the pressure is, no matter where it comes from, stay committed to what the Lord has called you to do. It's the quality of being resolute or firm in purpose. You know, it's easy to wear. It's easy to wishy-wash. 
you know, it's easy to, and Pastor talked a little bit about this on Wednesday, about convictions. It's understanding that if you make a conviction in your life, commit to it. Although it may be unpopular, although it may not go over well with your family, if you make a commitment in, a, in your life, then stick with it. Leave that conviction there. Because that's the only way that that conviction comes in. Then it's not a conviction. It's, as he mentioned, it's a preference. Because that, see, I did pay attention. So that's what it's all about. It's putting it to practice. It's committing to see there. You know, the opposite would be one of faint. One, somebody that's very, very easy to fall away when things get tough. Matthew 16, 24 through 26 says, Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is it a man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Oh, what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, it's a, it's a lifestyle change. You know, there are things that we are going to have to give up daily. There are things that the world does that look to be fun and look to get us through or look to advance us that we need to deny. You know, as we mentioned earlier in, in the verse in John, you know, when those that were around Jesus and heard his words and all of a sudden realized how to put it in practice, they didn't want any part of it. You know, it's as the rich young ruler who was willing to follow Christ and when he told him, sell all that you have and follow me, he wasn't willing to do that. You know, to have eternal life, you would think there's nothing here on earth that's worth it. You know, we're only here for a short time. You would think, especially being in the presence of God, personally, I mean, you could reach out and touch him. How would you not want to follow him? But yet, here's a guy that all he had to do was sell what he had. And he could have been with him for eternity. But he decided not to. You know, there wasn't that commitment because... He wanted to stay with other things that seemed to be easier. You know, the Bible has a lot of examples of those that have shown commitment. We won't go through all of them. We'll just talk briefly about a couple of them. Noah, you know, building the ark. You know, when you see just how big that thing is, you know, if you see the one down, in, down near Cincinnati, you know, the replica, that thing is huge. Realizing there were no power tools. Realizing that he couldn't call Menards and say, hey, can you bring me some more lumber? You know, or didn't have everything to lift that up. And he wasn't a young man. And it was just he and his sons putting that together. That's commitment. You know, doing, dealing with a ridicule day after day. And you know he was hearing it from his friends and people around him. You know, but he stuck with it. And look what he ended up doing. You know, Paul, you know, when you look at, the, at his mission work, in the beatings, in the time in jail, in the time that he was locked away, you know, it would have been so easy for him to go, ah, this isn't what I signed up for. You know, I signed up to go preach the word. 
I was going to walk into town, you know, go to the local assembly, preach the word, get my, get my uh, love offering, and off I'd go. You know, that's pretty easy. Not easy, but, you know, that was okay. But you walk into town, and all of a sudden, it's somebody accusing you, and <clears throat> out comes the local police, and their whips, and taking shots at him, and then locking him up in jail. And it's not like the jails of today where, you know, three squares and TV in the workout yard. You know, it was locked up in a pretty dungy, smelly, unsanitary type place. But yet he continued his commitment to follow the Lord. Think of Esther, how faithful she was. You know, she'd been in the palace, and then when all of a sudden Mordecai told her what she needed to do, well, she could have easily said, you know what? No, I like what I got. You know, you guys are all on your own. I'm pretty well taken care of here in the palace. Got my handmaidens, got all the food I want, got the clothes I need. You guys are on your own. But she had a commitment, and she followed through. Stephen, let's turn there. Let's turn to Acts chapter 7. Going to read 54 through 60. Not very, long, not very long here, but a great story. So when they heard of these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked, upon, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God, and Jesus standing on the right hand of God, and said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord. And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their coats at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and he cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Stephen was a disciple. He was a, he was a follower. He had an opportunity to share a message. And, it would have been, and he knew what was going to happen if he did. He knew that his life wasn't very long. It would have been very, very easy for him to go, you know what, uh, just kidding, fellas. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what's really going on. But he shared the gospel with them. They knew what Jesus Christ had did for them. And they were not happy. They dragged him out to the outside of the city and they stoned him. Now that can't be an easy way to die. You know, it's not quick. It's not painless. You know, they're picking up stones and they're just whacking at him. That's got to take some time. I don't care what kind of stone you're picking up and throwing. You know, it takes a while. And they were just flinging him. But yet, in his last breath, he reached out and asked God to forgive them for what they did. That's commitment. That's putting it all in to see the kingdom of God. So let's put it into practice a little bit. So, does your home contain projects that you've started and not yet finished? 
Oh, I see. It's like my house. I still got rooms that I kind of started to paint that I haven't finished and others that I need to. There's commitment to get it done. Do you allow distractions to hinder you in completing assigned tasks? Oh, the ball game's on. Oh, we need to run to Myers. You want to go? Well, I'm right in the middle of this. Sure, I'll go. You ever made a vow that you haven't fulfilled? You know, my kids remind me every now and then of things that I committed to that I haven't done. I need to finish those. You ever quit a job or a sporting event because <clears throat> you thought you'd not succeed? When things get tough, have you just said, I'm done? Have you ever just stood through to get it done? Have you ever pushed yourself with those around, fall away? You know, when those around you that you're doing something with, they're giving up. You know, they're not putting it through to you. Do you stay with it? Do you stay committed? Do you ask for God's wisdom and direction when things get tough? You know, again, it goes back to calling upon the Holy Spirit to help us through. Have you ever settled for less because you did not believe God would deliver what you ask? You know, a lot of stories in the Bible about those that decided not to wait upon the Lord not to wait for the commitment that God made to them and try to do it themselves. So as we finish up this, this series, I hope you've got something from it. I hope the Lord is blessed. Isaac, let's close the word of prayer. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.